You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Uh, I'm glad I, I, I'm, I'm honored to be back. I, I want to I want to thank Pastor for the opportunity to, to preach again, and I just I just praise God for it, and I, I just want to lift up my voice as best I can for Him tonight, Lord. And I just want to uh, uh, I just want to do a good job. But anyway, I'm glad to see everybody back tonight. I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. I just want to give uh, I guess a little update on my prison ministry. It's, it, you know, I, I, this, year, this year has been, this year and the part of last part of last year has been absolutely tremendous. And uh, men, men have been getting saved, and, I'm gonna, I, and I'll tell you that uh, my, my hill, I got two of one in the Jameson unit, one up on the hill. And the people on the hill are pretty much Christians already. And they're growing. You, you ought to watch them grow in the Lord. It's, it's amazing on, on what's going on up there. And I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to take all the credit for it, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying that you know these guys, from what they're getting over up there, they're taking it to heart and they're allowing God to work in their lives. And despite the fact, despite the fact that it's 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 a tough place to be a witness. Despite the fact that it's. It's tough to show your vulnerabilities up there, but they're doing it, and, and I'm and I'm proud of those guys. They're, they're they're working hard at it. So, but anyway, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles this evening to Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, I'm just going to work from here tonight. I won't I won't be. So. But anyway, I better stick pretty close to my notes, or I forget where I'm at. But <coughs> excuse me. Matthew chapter 13, we're starting verse 1. If you'll stand with me as we read the Word of God. Uh, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, it says, it says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And the great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into his ship and sat, and the whole multitude, the whole multitude, is talking about a lot of people stood on the shore. And, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he, and when he sowed, his, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the, fowls of, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony, upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no depthness of earth. And, uh, and, when, and when the sun was up, they, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered. Because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell amongst thorns, and thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell on, onto good ground, into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now if you'll drop with me down to verse 18. The Bible tells us, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word, the kingdom, and, understand, and understandeth it not, then cometh a wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. 
This is he which received, uh, received the uh, seed by the wayside. But he received, but he that received seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a little while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. And also that he, he also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and careth for the, and the cares of this, and the care of this world and de deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becometh un unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the ground, good ground is he that, is, that heareth the word, understandeth it, and also beareth fruit, which bringeth forth some hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Let's have a word of prayer again. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this, for your word. I pray, God, that you'll do what, with it, Lord, your word. You'll send it out to and, and you'll touch hearts and lives here tonight, Father. If there's any here, God, tonight that, aren't, that isn't saved, Father, I pray, God, that they'll see their need for a Savior here tonight, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. My message tonight, well, I, I, my, my introduction to my message is actually a pretty dark introduction, and uh, and I, I don't think it things like this typically typically gets uh, uh, spoken about in in uh, in churches and, and messages. But anyway, I want to tell you in, in my introduction that I want to tell you about. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. I've I've heard of the name. I've never read anything about him. But a man named Philip Yancey was tells is telling about a World War II soldier. A World War II soldier that was part of the liberation of the Nazi concentration camp at Dachau, Germ at Dachau, Germany, and there were, were thousands of thousands of Jews had been exterminated by this. Uh, the man told the story. He says, "A buddy and I were assigned to a boxcar, and inside the in, and inside were human corpses stacked in neat rolls." like firewood. And the Germans, ever meticulous, panned, uh, planned out the rows, alternating the bodies. It was a, it, it was a mess. It was, it was just something, it was something that, that many of us have never had, had an opportunity, I don't mean an opportunity to, the, uh, to see, and some some of the fellows, they could not do it. They they were they literally went out to the barbed wire fence and they and and they vomited the whole time they were there, because of the man's inhumanity to man. And uh, every once in a while, and all those in, in those box cars of all these all these corpses, they'd find a live human being. So they'd have to run them off and get them to some place where they could get medical attention, and 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 they they, they took uh, they they made a makeshift uh, clinic and began helping them, and and uh, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to go through. But anyway, our captain volunteered 
an escort group for uh, our, our, our captain asked for a volunteer escort group of a dozen uh, to escort a, a bunch of SS officers to the interrogation center. And a guy named Chuck, his hands shut up right away, and Chuck, claim, Chuck claimed, I guess, that, that, he, that he had worked for Al Capone before the war. And the way it sounds, many of them didn't doubt it. Well, Chuck grabbed his machine gun, prodded the officer, the, the prisoners off, off down the trail, and, and, they, and they walked ahead of him and with their hands like this, and their heads just, uh, the, and they locked their heads behind their, uh, their hands behind their heads, their elbows sticking straight out. A few minutes after, they disappeared into the trees. Began hearing machine gun fire. And pretty soon Chuck come back all by himself. He said, oh, they tried to escape. He murdered those men. They probably needed it. They probably would have died anyway, but he murdered those men. Chuck, and it was, it was that day, it was that day this man told Philip Yancey, it was that day I felt the call of God to become a pastor. First, there was the horror of having to go into those boxcars and having to deal with all them corpses and doing, doing all those things. And I could not absorb, I, he said, I can't absorb such a scene. I did, I did not even know that such absolute evil existed. But when I saw it, I knew beyond a doubt that I'd spend my life serving whatever, whatever opposed such evil, serving God. Then Chuck became the incident. I had a nauseating feeling, he said, I had a nauseating feeling that the captain might call upon me to escort the next group of SS guards. And even more dreadful, and even more dreadful fear that if he did, I might do the same thing Chuck did. It's man's inhumanity to man. The beast, the beast in those guards and the beast within Chuck is also the beast that's within every one of us. The Bible tells us in, in, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, he says, the heart is deceitful. This heart is deceitful above all things and desperately and desperately wicked. I tell my guys at the, at the penitentiary all the time, they're in the penitentiary. They've done something wrong. They know that they, but I said, listen, everybody in this room has the capacity to be the worst inmate in the building tonight. Just, you don't have it any different than anybody else. You're not any better off just because you didn't do a certain crime. You're capable of doing that crime. We all have that within us. And, we, and every one of us, every one of us today has that, has that capacity within us to do the most horrible things, the most horrible things that, that, that imaginable. Even though few men ever grasp the reality of their heart's condition, God already knows about it. He tells us in Jeremiah 17, 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins and even unto and even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his goings. He knows 
He knows everything there is to know about us. And as one reads the parable of the sower, it becomes clear that this is one of the lessons that can be gleaned from this passage. You see, Jesus knows your heart. The question is, how well do you know your, how well do you know your heart? In the course of this message, the Word of God will speak Hopefully the Word of God will speak to everyone, everybody tonight. God will reveal to you your condition before, before Him, and He will tell you what to do if things are found lacking. There may be many things about yourself and your life that you do not know, but you need to know the condition of your heart. It is the most important information you will ever learn about yourself. So we're going to talk tonight, and our first, our first point tonight is about the sowers. Those that sow the Word of God, those, those, are, those are actually spiritual farmers. They, they're, they're out there giving the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. And, the, and, and, and those farmers have got to be a devoted group of people. Because without without them going out doing the things you're supposed to do and, and sowing the seed, there is no harvest. There is no one. We got millions of people dying and going to hell because of it. The sower must be absolutely dedicated to his work. He knows that if he doesn't sow, there will be no harvest. In the work of the kingdom, in, in the work of the kingdom, it is imperative to know that those who sow the seed, sow the gospel seed, must be devoted to their work. There is a desperate lack of good devoted witnesses who are willing to go out and sow the seed of the gospel. There's so many, there's so few that are willing to go out and just pass out tracts, invite people to church, do, do, the, do the work of sowing the seed. And then, and then there's a lesson of, of discipline. The sower must discipline himself to the work of sowing. There will be days when he doesn't feel like going into the field, but guess what? He has to go anyway. So often, we don't feel like. I mean, I, 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 there are times in, I wake up in the morning and I, and I tell myself, Lord, just give me a day off from being a Christian. Just let me just sit back and relax and just let my mind wander, let me do whatever. Just let me forget all about it for one day. But we can't afford to do that, folks. There's people out there that die and go in hell depending on you and I to be the Christians we're supposed to be. Notice this man, so he, he sowed and he went... Uh, uh, Wait a minute. We, we can sit here in the church while the world goes to hell and act as if we do not care, but there will come a day, a day of reckoning before the Lord, and there will be an accounting if the seed is found to be still in the barn. Remember remember our, our missions conference that we had a number of years back? Is the seed still in the barn? Or are we getting it out to those who need to hear it? There is a lesson in discouragement. 
As the sword scattered the seed, there must have been a, known to about, about 20, wait a minute. As the sower scatters the seed, he must have known that about 25%, would, only about 25% would grow up to bear fruit. Yet he continued to sow and so, go forth and sow the seed. The sower knew that even though 75% of his seed would never bear fruit, he had to sow it anyway else the harvest would never be. Our duty in the church is to go forth and obey God's command to spread the gospel. Growing the church is the Lord's obligation. We will, we will do our part and sow the seed. We will do, he will do his part and bring the harvest to, to, fruit, to fruition. Those are the sowers. Those are the farmers that sow the seed. Let's talk a little bit about the, the seed, the gospel itself. There are three quick lessons to learn about the, about the seed. First, we need to learn about its worth. The, the, the seed is the gospel. When we go forth and bear the precious seed of the gospel, we are carrying the most important message the world has ever heard. It is a living and powerful message that, that it is a message that the world needs to hear. Now, I, uh, read, I read a man one time that, and I think I've, I've probably brought it up here before, but I, I think it's, it's, it's appropriate here, that if, if, a man, if, a one man, if one man goes out on January 1st and he wins one soul of the Lord, and then he takes him back and he, and he spends a year discipling him on how to be a Christian. And then the next year, two men go out and do the same thing. Each man still leads one of the Lord and brings him in and disciples him. And the next year, four men go out. And the next year, eight men go out. I'm going to tell you this. I, uh, that man said that within 50 years, there would be 17 billion people be getting saved. It's not an impossible task. It can be done. And it's, a, and it's our job to do it. It's our job to get out there and do it as best we can with everything, that, with everything that's within us. The, the weight of the message is the gospel has tremendous power. Just the, just the seed can transform a barren field into a, a living blessing. The gospel can transform a dead and dry life into something that can bless men and glorify God. Anyone who hears the gospel and meets the master will forever be changed. We call that 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. It says, behold, all things are become new. It's work when the gospel when the gospel seed lands in good soil. It will it will do the work. It will change every life it touches. By the way, it will work the same for every man. See this this lesson that I had the sower of the seed is the heart of every man ever been born every man ever going to be born because your heart 
Every heart is in one of these types of soil that we're going to talk about next. The different soils. Here's here is where we get to the heart of the message. This is the heart of the message. This is why I gave that dark uh, introduction to let us know that, listen, there are people out there like that. And we need to be, we need to be ready to try to do the best we can to get as many people saved as we can because maybe that person will that that can be that that evil can be can be saved we talked uh, we, uh, the the first soil that was brought up was the hard soil as a sower sowed some of his seed fell on hard packed pathway the seed was never allowed to get to get into the ground where it could germinate it was it lay there exposed it was eventually it was carried away this is a picture of a person who rejects god's word doesn't want any part of it leave, leave me alone don't i don't want to hear it just get away from me with that with that religious hocus pocus stuff just get away from me they don't want to hear it it's very, uh, 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 but God refuses to allow access. Uh, that person refuses to allow, to, uh, refuses to allow God's word into his enter his heart. It isn't, it isn't that this person can't receive the message because he can. Nobody is nobody nobody is predestined to have such a hard heart that they can't go to heaven. They, we can. The Bible tells us in in. Uh, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, he says, Sow to yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You have allowed your heart to become so hard. Please listen. The call of Jesus, he loves you, he died for you, he desires you more than anything for <clears throat> he desires you more than anything for you to be saved if you will open your heart if you will give him he will give you eternal life and he will give you save your soul washing away every sin forever but you know what i've heard of, i've heard i've heard pastors and men that 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 they would they had such a tender heart for lost souls that if they rejected if they rejected Jesus Christ, they would literally cry. We have such hard hearts today that we uh, that we that we can't. We, I don't even know if we have the ability to cry. But I know this: we need to break up this fallow ground in our hearts. As, as, as farmers, so to speak, and say, listen, we need, we need to get out there and we need to get busy serving God, getting the gospel out. That hard soil is, though, is, though, is that one that is that heart that will reject God and we, and, and we need to work on him as much as anybody else. And the rocky soil is the soil that is allowed, that is shallow and filled with rocks. There is no depth there. The seeds fall on the shallow, rocky soil quickly. 
they quickly germinate. However, before they can even produce anything, the sun beats down on them because there is no roots which cannot tap into a source of life. And they die. This type of soil pictures the heart of a person who hears the gospel. He understands it and desires some benefit of it yet they are shallow in their commitment and never truly believe unto salvation. It seems they respond not out of conviction, but out of some motive. Maybe a friend got saved and they thought, well, you know, or maybe, you know, whatever, but, that, but it's not out of a conviction of the heart. Perhaps it is a desire to belong or whatever, the, whatever their desire, whatever the motive or whatever the reason, the results are the same. When the sun rises, that is when persecution or troubles come into a person's life, he or she will flee from their profession and go back to the world. Sometimes there will be a call to sacrifice to follow Jesus without reservation. This type of heart cannot stand the heat. How many people we know, I, I, see, I see it a lot at the prison, this type of heart that, that they, you know, they're in, they're, in, they're in my class and they raise their hand because they want to get saved. But you never see them again. Sometimes I run into them in, in the cell blocks and I'll say, hey, you know, but I haven't, been, haven't seen you in church for a while. I haven't seen you. Well, you know, um, and then they may, they'll maybe tell me about how, you know, they, they were made fun of or they were threatened or whatever like that. So they, you know, and it really wasn't real in their hearts to begin with. And this thorny soil, this is a soil that is unprepared for seed and is covered with weeds. There is ground there and the seed is received and germinates, but as soon as it begins to, as soon as the plant begins to grow, the weeds overpower and plant and the plant, overpower the plant and destroy it. This soil represents this, the type of heart that responds to God in a positive manner and gives every indication that it is sincere and valid. However, it's long, it isn't long until the desires of the flesh and the cares of this world cause this person to turn from their possession and return to the world. We see that so often, folks. That's why and we indicated that in the early part of our in message that 75% will never bear fruit. You know, give or take a few here. It becomes abundantly clear that they love the world and out of their hearts or their, their, their money or their freedom or whatever excuse is more than they have ever loved God. In truth, they do not and cannot love God because they do not know him. And then there's, this, and then there's good soil. This is a soil that is broken up and plowed under and tilled and prepared for seed. Remember back in the days, anybody remember back in the days, farmers used to plow their ground. This is preparing 
the soil. This is what the, 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 that the, our hearts have, have been prepared and when, when, when it's plowed and, and, we're, and we're tender to the word of God, we're tender to what the word of God says. There are no hard spots. There have been, they have been brawled, broken apart. There are no rocks. They have been removed. The soil is deep coming out of and, and the soil is deep. There are no weeds. They have been plowed away in readiness for the coming of the seed. When the seed germinates, here it produces a plant that grows strong and one in which the end and the, in which, in, which in the end produces abundant fruit. This is the kind of soil every farmer longs to plant. Every farmer, my my stepdad was included. He wanted to have nothing but the best soil. He wanted to have the best, strongest, most abundant crops. We ought to have desire that same thing in our service to God that we want nothing, as much, as much abundant crops as we can. The soil, this all represents that person whose heart is soft and yielding to the call of the Spirit of God. The, this heart has been has seen the vanity of riches the, and, the, and the flesh life, this heart responds because it wants to be right with God. It comes, it becomes, it becomes us to know what is wrong. And, all, and the only way to be right is to yield to God. Does this soil, type, type of soil picture what your life is like? Are you truly saved today? This is a bit of a a soul winner's message because, listen, I don't know your hearts, but God does. God knows your heart. He knows which one of those soils you fit in. You gotta, you, I want you to make sure that you understand which soil you, you fit in. I have spoken about the bearing, uh, bearing uh, spiritual fruit today. Now you may wonder, what spiritual fruit is you are if you are being well let's put it this way an apple tree brings forth apples it's the old it's the old, it's the old uh, Baptist uh, what do you want to call it the old the old Baptist illustration is apple tree brings forth apples an orange tree brings forth oranges a pear tree brings forth pears then a Christian brings forth other Christians that's our spiritual fruit. This is an encouragement to the sower. Of the 25% that bore fruit, all of it was abundant. And, and it was abundant and is it, it, thir, a 30-fold increase, a 60-fold increase, and a 100-fold increase. This, what this tells the sower is that if we will do our little part, just so, just, a, just so as we go and scatters Gospel seed everywhere. God will take the, take the effort and will produce a harvest that only eternity can tell. But I want to tell you. I, I want to just. I just want to tell you this: that that I just want that man can be so inhumane to man, and it's our job. As Christians, to get that gospel seed out, to and just it's a matter of inviting people to church, giving out gospel tracts, 
just sitting down and telling people how much Jesus loves them. God loves us. I'm going to tell you, sometimes I, I wonder, you know, that as we, uh, as we, as we sit in our, in our comfortable Christian, Christian pew here at church, and we know, we know God loves us. We know that. But yet, the Bible does tell you this. It's been in the Bible for a long time. It's going to be in the Bible for a lot longer. Said, but for God so, it didn't say for God so loved Doug Henricks, and he does. But he said, for God so loved the world. He got, that's everybody in the world. We're supposed to have a love for our fellow man. We're supposed to have a desire to see other folks around us saved. It's our, it's our duty. We're, we're called into the army of God. In the army of God, what, what, and I've said, I know I've said this before, what, What's the, what's the main job of a soldier? Now we're, now we're switching from farmers to soldiers. What's the main job of a soldier? To take territory from the enemy. Satan's our enemy. Territory are those that are dying and going to hell. We need to take those away from Satan. That's our job. That's our job. Have you had a glimpse of your heart today? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I hope, I hope I, that... that Every one of us, every heart ever born falls into one of these categories of, of, of soil. And I hope you've had a glimpse of your own heart. If you have allowed your heart to become callous and hard, then you need to let God do his work in your life. You, if you have made a shallow profession in the past but have never brought forth fruit, you know and you know you're, you're, you are still lost, you need, to, you need to take care of that. You need to take care of that. Uh, if you are found to be on good soil, rejoice in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Come and, and with a thankful and grateful heart this morning, tonight, however God has dealt with you, I encourage you to respond to his call. He will meet you. He will meet your need right now. Folks. As we get ready to have our invitation, I just want you to stop and think about, think about uh, your own heart and where it's at, what it is. Check to see if there's anything you can do. Keep yourself open to God and what, and what he's got for you. And be sensitive to his spirit and where and, where, where, where and what you can do to be more of a, uh, a soul winner than we are. We need we need to just get out there and tell people about the Lord. And uh, if you'll tonight, you'll stand with me and you'll bow your heads. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.